Welcome to KBCast, the podcast for security executives, interviewing people from around the globe on how organizations can operate smarter and stay safer. Here's Carissa Breen. I caught up with the lovely Jacqueline Jane, or as I call her, JJ. Jacqueline works for No Before, Kevin Mitnick's security awareness company. We discuss about JJ's thoughts towards the way of approaching security awareness training and how companies can better approach their SAT programs. What I thoroughly enjoyed about Jacqueline is that she doesn't come from a traditional background in security, but possesses a very strong attitude to why being different is a benefit. If you're keen to learn more, then please keep on listening. Okay, so Jacqueline Jane, well, I call you JJ because I like to always call people by their initials. And <laughs> you and I, well, I mean, we met in Melbourne at that SIT conference, which I really enjoyed. And then we started yeah. talking about doing a podcast. So fast forward six plus months later, here we are. <laughs> doing it. And one of the reasons for bringing you on is like I've mentioned before, we want to speak to people who have a different background, who bring a different perspective and aren't afraid to challenge the status quo. So before we dive on in, let's start with your journey. So can you talk our listeners through about your career so far? Absolutely. And it's lovely to have a chat with you officially. I'm going to call you KB if we've got JJ and KB. (laughs) Um, So I've spent I just doing the maths, it's quite like scary because 30 years ago, I started my working career, maybe a bit earlier, but I won't give away my age too easily. Um, and for me, I've always found myself that conduit between people and technology, um, which has always been an interesting part of what I've done. So I've worked in HR, IT, finance, travel, higher education, advertising, sales and marketing. And my first job was actually building computers. So Mm -hmm. I've been fascinated by it for a very, very long time. But because I'm a communicator and I think naturally that way and a curious person and always looking to, to help, I found myself doing a lot of user experience stuff, facilitation, change management, learning and development. Um, and my last role before No Before was actually working with an organization and they said, we need someone to do cybersecurity awareness program. And they mm-hmm. came to me because of all those background skills I just mentioned. Uh, and that's really the whole, the journey. It sounds short, but so diverse. I was quite blown away when I had a look at it myself. Mm-hmm. Now, well, you and I have spoken quite extensively when we talk about non-traditional cyber backgrounds. So let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about this because this is really, really interesting. And there are more and more people that are coming through the industry now who do not have a cyber background, myself included. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think it comes down to the cybersecurity is everyone's responsibility, KB, because if we can't um, leave it all to IT anymore, it's not. It's actually not fair on them. We're now at a crossroad and a point where we must include other people outside of that traditional IT cybersecurity pathway. So if we go back maybe even 20 years Really, the human element wasn't that much of uh, importance as it is today. And I think that to break down the silos, to be able to move through comfortably to all the different business units, to be able to engage people, to create programs and create even security awareness training that has an advertising and marketing edge to it to engage people, you can't rely on IT. And as I mentioned, it's not fair to do so just like it would be unfair to ask the sales team to come up with a cybersecurity strategy. They mm-hmm. can't do it. It's 
it's not their skill set. So people like you and I have either seen a gap, had an opportunity and said, hold on a minute. I can give something to this industry, this conglomerate, this whole big piece that we call cybersecurity. And the human element has become critical. So that's, I think, how we have found our way into this environment. Yeah, that's really interesting because one of the things I think is important and speaking to a number of people in the industry is that when you said 20 years ago, so if you go back 20 years, I don't know, old mate Jonathan, and this is, it's never anyone's names I ever refer to. (laughs) They're just made up names. pseudonym profile. And so he went into IT because he didn't like people, didn't want to speak to humans. Now I think because if you look at things like structural theory and stuff like that, we need to integrate with our organization. And then IT, as you mentioned before, has just been sort of awkwardly on the side. And I think the caliber of people that were attracted to that in terms of studying it, working in it, have been traditionally speaking and historically speaking, people who don't have a very strong communication skill set. That's fundamentally changing now. And I think that's where this disconnect's coming from. And if you look at any university curriculum, they don't actually teach you about sales and influencing and communications. They don't teach you any of that. And now we're we've got this massive gap in the industry and that we're trying to retrofit it now by creating uh, there's, I think there's like leadership courses and all these things out there to, to fill that gap. And so I think it's been that how we've advertised IT is wrong in terms of the way in which we're going about things that you and I've spoken about. And then it's attracted that type of individual to that field. But now 20 years on, we've kind of got a whole new problem. Exactly. And it's an opportunity. Um, And I think because of when we look at that human element and we look at Internet of Things and we look at the, even just the remote working that's taken place through COVID-19, that was unexpected. And it's opened up a whole conversation that wasn't there before. Kids doing homeschooling. So cybersecurity has, without really meaning to, was a COVID-19, it was a global pandemic. However, We've found now that cybersecurity has found its way into all of these different conversations. And unfortunately, and it's again, this is not a negative against people in IT, because there are a few who have the ability to do that engagement and communication, but it's not their skill set. And the companies that are doing really well have identified that. There's not many of them and said, we need someone to come in with certain backgrounds to work with IT work together, not replace, because it must be a collaboration for it to work. And that's what we're seeing. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's dig a little deeper on that. So you mentioned that it's not about replacing, but why do I kind of feel that there is this combativeness in the industry, as in like non-traditional people versus traditional people? Like, why is this even a thing? Um, I think because of the nature of the growth of even just the cybersecurity world itself, just phishing, um, emails, SMSing, um, you know, not that long ago, what was TikTok other than something on a clock? Things move so quickly within this world that it all of a sudden seems to be a thing where opportunities have come up. People like us have said, hey, what about this? We could do X, Y, Z. And those traditional IT people that have been doing this for 20, 30 years have an instant attitude of who the hell are you and what can you tell me about what I do? And actually nothing. 
<laughs> There's nothing we can tell them with their job. They're brilliant at it. It's a how can we help you to get your message across, translate it into what these people need to hear. Because we've had this conversation before, KB. I've been to a few cyber events now. It's the same people. It's mm-hmm. cyber talking to cyber. And my first thought was, where's everybody else? Mm-hmm. And I know yeah, it's, it's, it's really important to have cyber with cyber. But, you know, that's critical because of the information shared ideas and networking and just it, it's really important. But the flip side is the messaging is we have to cybersecurity is everyone's responsibility. Everybody needs to do this. Everybody. Internet of things. It's everywhere. So we're talking globally. We're talking cross verticals, all industries, different ages. And yet it's the same people all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's intentional. Well, I know it's not intentional. There's just, it's time to sort of lift up the heads and say, okay, what can we do? And it is, let's talk to the people outside and there's no need for that combativeness. This is a together thing. And from my experience, and I'd like to know what you think as well, there's always a little bit of butting heads to start with, as in, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You, you, you're not IT and uh, what the hell are you doing? Once mm-hmm. you start to explain and Time goes by, you've proven that what you're saying actually works when it comes to people and communication, engagement, etc. Then the trust is there and they say, oh, I get it. You're not after my job. You actually want to help me do my job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Oh, absolutely. And I, it's an interesting thing you said before that you go to these events and it's like the same people. That was the exact same thought I had. This was going back oh, maybe four or five years ago. I was like, mm. so everyone talks about cyber being an issue and it absolutely is. But then why is old mate talking to the other old mate and they both yeah. know that cyber is an issue? Why aren't we penetrating outside of those markets, which is yep. what we should be doing? And that's why I came up with the whole concept of KBI because I was so sick and tired of everyone. What's the biggest issue in the industry? Oh, cybersecurity awareness. But then what are you all doing about it? Talking to the guy who's also in cyber about cybersecurity awareness actually isn't solving a problem. No. No, it's a backwards and forwards, and then they understandably get very angry and frustrated when people keep keep on clicking on things or putting USBs in or ta- letting people tailgate through, whatever it might be, because people don't get it. No one's taken the time to explain it. But then this is the thing that I don't get. So it's like, okay, so we've got people that you and I have come in, we've seen the gap, then we're trying to address it, and then it's kind of like we get a little bit of backlash in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what do you, well, what do you know? Mm-hmm. And it's taken me – time to build that because when I started even doing like content and stuff like that, like I I think that I was probably one of the first people in this space doing stuff like that. And people, I would say, thought I was nuts. But now fast forward three years almost been doing this, people, their views have changed. And it's been really, really hard because you have to hang in there. And when you're doing something different, people will not understand you and you have to be prepared for people to not understand you. But then over time that does change. And I think that we're losing out on the industry a lot because Mm. people are very quick to make a decision about what someone's doing when they're doing something different versus the status quo. And we need to do something different. It doesn't always work that way though. I think it takes, um, you got to be, I don't know if it's the right place, right time, you create your own destiny, whatever you want to call it. But sometimes it's about just, continuing through letting those people have their issues or concerns or I don't know if this will work and you just keep on going and eventually you'll find people, a group of people, an organisation or just one person who says, this is really interesting, tell me more. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found through my whole life really. <laughs> it's a, that's interesting, tell me more or no one's ever said that or no one's ever asked that mm-hmm. or what the hell are you talking about? 
once I can have a conversation with someone, you've probably found the same thing. Then it's like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you can move on to the next step. Oh, absolutely. And I think that now it's, and I think it's made our messaging clearer in terms of what we are trying to do, because there is that gap in the market yep. and we're, we're trying to address that. And I think that people need to probably understand at a, a zoomed out view of what the actual issues are and then sort of saying, okay, well, these people fit here, here and here. And that, it shouldn't be we're trying to take over your jobs because I've been in these roles before and it's not something that I find of interest anymore. And I've sort of moved out of doing that stuff. And this is something I really like doing. So I don't think people should be so quick to jump the gun and assume that we're here to sort of take over their jobs and stuff like that. Exactly. We're here to work with them. We're here to make it easier um, and really have a look at what is going on out there and what their pain points are and how we can help. Mm-hmm, it's surprising mm-hmm. when you when people realise you actually want to help them, oh, floodgates open and you can work together and you can do some great things. I know you've mentioned that at No Before that they were really excited about getting on board because you weren't from the traditional background. So, like, can you talk to me about their reasoning behind this and, and how how other companies can sort of follow in No Before's footsteps? Yeah, this was an, a really interesting learning for me and situation for me because I'd used the product, so I'd, I'd done research back in 2017 and creating the cybersecurity awareness program, I did the whole marketing approach, created logos, did a whole timeline and, you know, mapped it out for two years, researched a platform to be able to do some training and some simulations for social engineering, including phishing. No before was just popped all the way through and I thought, okay, these guys really are ahead of the curve. There's something different. So I put forward that I would like to recommend the No Before platform. Fast forward 18 months and, okay, I need to do something bigger now. This is an amazing platform. What these guys are doing is extraordinary. How can I play in this space? I'm not even IT. What do I do? So I backed myself, took a risk, flew over to America and said, hi. And to my surprise, they were fascinated with my dare I say, a journey of my career, where I had come and that I'd used the platform and created a cybersecurity culture that didn't just rely on the Know Before platform, but actually put all the other elements that's required for any piece of change management or um, awareness, not just that tick box, training done, move on. Mm-hmm. And considering the people I work with, the I went over to meet with them in a very excited way of these people are extraordinary. And little did I know they were thinking about me that way, which I still can't quite come to terms with. I'm I'm getting there, but I have the skills, knowledge and experience in a certain element when it comes to engaging organisations, different business units, different people across all levels about the importance of cybersecurity and in a nice way, educating IT about why they need to do these extra pieces of work to engage people and also telling the people Don't just think you can go and do your own stuff. Here's what's actually going on and here's why it's important for you to do something. So because of all of that, they saw that importance of diversity in thought, in experience. I mean, no before have 50% female employees and we've just, I think, tipped over 900 people. That's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not like they've gone to do that specifically, but when it comes to bringing together the team of evangelists that I work with across the globe, together we're a perfect human. 
we all have very different backgrounds, but I'm the only one who hasn't come through that traditional IT path. Um, mm-hmm. so look, and it's working. Mm-hmm. So they must have seen something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when you said that no before was ahead of the curve, so can you define what you mean specifically by that statement? Okay, so when I did my research for um, looking at some kind of platform to deliver cybersecurity training, initially I was asked to create my own training. And if you've ever created an e-learning piece, one piece can take months. And I thought, well, don't have time for that. Surely there's some other things out there. People must be doing this. Mm-hmm. And so what I discovered was the amount of free tools they had, the, the price was like, really, that's too cheap for what you get. The uh, additional elements that they continuously just kept on adding, their very strong partnership with Kevin Mitnick, their understanding of the human element of cybersecurity, and that was, and with the IT. So they were like the perfect storm of all the things coming together. And I thought, great, I can roll this out with a platform that's going to support all the other things that I'm doing. And when I did move on, it was a really easy handover to someone who came and did that role because it had all been set up. There was I wasn't walking away with all the knowledge. Everything was there. And the other side of it is because of the nature of how the platform works itself, you can do your simulated phishing to specific groups in an organization or to the whole organization. There's risk elements so you can see what's going on individually and as a whole. And to me, that's the difference. You can't create a culture of cybersecurity by just doing some PowerPoint training or even just monthly training. You need a lot more elements to it. And no before had it. So to me, it was like they're ahead of the curve in their product. They're ahead of the curve with the way that they see the diversity of people required. It's not just about um, we need tech people or we need 25 years experience or you have to have this certification or this qualification. It was really about who are you? And what can you bring to the table? Very open-minded. Mm-hmm. It's an extraordinary mm-hmm. place. It really is. I've never worked anywhere like it, and I've, I will never work anywhere like it. It's a, it's a great place to be. So when you talk about security awareness training, so one of the things I had another guy in here, it hasn't been released yet, the episode, but it will be shortly. We were speaking about this, and I've worked in large corporations before. I was working in security myself, and I think I had failed a lot of the training. Now, the reasoning for that was I just wasn't engaged with it. I thought it was very cheesy. It was so awkward to watch because I was like, oh, this is Johnny. Johnny picks up USB. Johnny plugs into USB into old mate's laptop. And I was so – Naughty Johnny. Naughty Johnny. Yeah, naughty Johnny. Uh, But that, to me, I was so – outraged (laughs) that they had spent significant amount of money on these types of training and I wasn't engaged and I'm in the security team. If I'm the security team and I, I I mean, admittedly, I just sort of clicked whatever because I, I was on the non-compliant list and I am (laughs) a very compliant person. So I wanted to get off that list, but I just wasn't engaged with it. And so my question to you would be, where do you believe people now that could be people who are, who are consulting to these companies or people that run these programs internally Where do you think that they are lacking when it comes to this type of stuff? That's a really good question. Um, There's no one size fits all. So you can't say everyone do this quiz on phishing and we'll all be good because some people, like me, I love a good quiz, give me a game show of any description and I'll learn anything. Other people might think, really, how childish could this be? I would like a 
document printed out with all the things and I'll read it in my time and someone else would potentially like an e-learning piece. So because we all learn differently with my background in L&D, and that's learning and development, understanding how adults learn, understanding what engages people, um, even a two-minute section, video, game, whatever it is, cartoon or just someone talking, as long as the messaging is right, I understand what it is. It's valuable to me. I've learned something. I'm more inclined to be open to the next piece that comes through. Now, no before looked at things even more differently. And uh, last year they launched The Inside Man or the year before now. The Inside Man is a, a Netflix type series about cybersecurity awareness uh, with a focus on the inside man. So it's like a, I'm not going to say a soap opera because it isn't, but a Netflix Netflix type show of that quality as well. It eventually it won awards in Cannes. So it's good stuff. We've just launched series two. But what it does is in eight or 12 minutes, gives you a scenario of people in a workplace. You get used to the characters. There's clear messaging about cybersecurity through everything. And people never in the history of me doing any kind of training ever have come to me and said, could you please release the next episode? When I did the Inside Man, that's exactly what people said. Can you just release it all to us, please? That has never happened, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's it's different. It's it's engaging. It's you talk about it. It you can actually binge watch it. It's that good. Mm-hmm. So when season two came out, I binged on the whole lot of season two. It, it's it really is incredible. And you learn at least three relevant things about cybersecurity in each episode. Mm-hmm. And you want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. So gone are those days of um, PowerPoint or you know Johnny picking up the USB and it's all really disjointed. Awkward. And staged. And staged. So there's no before have over a thousand different elements of learning in their platform. Now, some people, and when I first saw it, I thought, well, that's a lot. But you could send a poster out to people in an email and that's it. You could send a 30-second piece to the executive team because there's something designed specifically for them. You could send out a newsletter. You could send out a game um, or do the Inside Man. It covers every element of cybersecurity. Um, You've got social engineering, the simulations sitting behind it. It works. And then it becomes a, I didn't click, and I'm not telling anyone else that I didn't Mm -hmm. click. So it's Mm -hmm. quite, it's unique. Their approach is unique because they understand the human, and that's the difference. There was another guy I was speaking to a few years ago. He's a CTO of a legal firm, and he sort of said, KB, I'm really interested because we do all these security awareness training, but it doesn't really cover, like, why. Like, Johnny shouldn't plug in his USB. Well, why? Why is that? I mean, people as human beings, generally speaking, are likely to not do something if they don't understand the repercussion of doing something or not doing something, understanding why. And I don't think enough people are really communicating it because it kind of feels almost like you're just getting scolded. Oh, well, why did you do that? Oh, you shouldn't have yep. done that. Or our employees are idiots, which is completely not true yep. because, I don't know, Sally Ann perhaps has a PhD. She understands what she does, but maybe she doesn't quite understand from a security perspective. So I think it's, I think it's very unfair and a very broad proposition for people to say that, everyone in the organization stupid because they did click on a link or they did do something that they shouldn't have done because they had done some form of the training. Well, maybe we should take the responsibility back and be like, there's something wrong with how we are deploying the training and getting people 
to do the right thing, but perhaps their intent is there, but the execution is poor. Yeah, look, it's a good point. And we've spoken about what I'm about to say before. It's that assumption. There's too many assumptions in play with cybersecurity and with tech in general. So from a tech point of view, they know so much. So if you think about USBs, the people who know make an assumption that everybody else understands that there could be malware on that USB. And by the way, not everyone even knows what malware is which is another element, this assumption of the language that's used in cyber, we have to take it all the way back to the demystification of cybersecurity. And here it is in plain English and here's what all of it is because we have egos and we don't necessarily like asking questions. I do. I've been in trouble even for asking questions. But if I don't know, I'm going to ask. I have no um, fear of the, oh, geez, you don't know that? So, well, I can't know everything. That's what Google's for. But back to the USB, if someone was to say, this is a USB and this is what you use it for, and this is how a cyber criminal could use it, not a hacker, this is another term we sort of got to move away from, but a cyber criminal will do these things and here's how this could affect you and here's the outcome of that. I've seen people in a room where I've taken them through the 101, the demystification, the cyber in plain English, the looks on their faces, they're terrified because no one's actually explained to them what happens when you click on a link? When a cyber criminal gets your data, what do they do? If you plug in a USB, here's what potentially could happen. Mm-hmm. When they realise it's a whole different ball game because the what's in it for me, the responsibility that my personal data or my computer that I work, I mean, if your work computer gets scrapped and someone's gained access to it, you don't want that to happen, let alone the whole organisation. Mm-hmm. People don't realise. So we can switch that element away from everybody knows this stuff to let's go back to basics. When I, when I first organised this program for the company I worked for before, I did a quiz to start with. And I did all this stuff, like what is phishing and, you know, three examples and multiple choice, pick one. I actually didn't care about the results that anyone got. The whole point was to educate them without them realising they were being educated. And I put a few questions in there that were wrong and I could tell that people were talking about it because I was challenged a lot. That really wasn't the right question to ask. You didn't really word it the right way. I thought, no, I didn't, but I did it for a reason because curiosity is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And people then had a really good understanding of some basic cyber stuff before we even started the whole program, which was an interesting approach. And, you know, it it did work. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an interesting place to be. So you talk about assumptions a lot. So how about we reverse engineer it and swap positions? So we've got all these IT people assuming Mm -hmm. that Joanne from the investment side of the bank understands about IT, but how about – I don't think Joanne walks around with this chip on her shoulder assuming that Stephen and IT knows about what she does in terms of investment banking because that is one area I really have no clue on. I would completely be an imposter if I had to say anything along those lines. So how come the assumptions then don't go the other way? Why is it sort of just from an IT perspective, oh, well, she doesn't know, therefore she's dumb, which is fundamentally not true. But then I kind of feel like it's not sort of the other way around. Yeah, it's an interesting observation. My response straight up would be, well, we all have computers. So there was a time when we all didn't and IT was looking after specific areas and then we all started to get computers. And because everyone has them, 
my expectation that IT will support me and know all the stuff is quite high, but not once has there been an opportunity for people in InfoSec or IT, IS, whatever you want to call it, to have an understanding of what other business units do. And why would they? So it's it's sort of unfair for both sides. And someone just needs to call that out, to be honest, and just say exactly what you've just said, articulate it and say, isn't it interesting that IT, you guys would have no idea what Joanne does, no idea what Sally Ann does, no idea what these people do. However, they think they know what you do because they know how to use a computer, which they don't. I think that's a really interesting concept to pursue a little bit more. Maybe mm. just have that conversation. Well, I just that's- think it's kind of unfair for people to go around and say, oh, well, and I've heard, yes. I've been there. Oh, well, you're stupid. You clicked on the link. All these people are idiots. Well, they're not. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to be a CFO. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. I have people yeah. in my own company that do these types of things. I do what I do, but I don't know what everyone else does. And I sure as hell don't assume then I know yeah. what these other people do or else there's a reason why people study different things and they're experts in different areas because no one knows everything. But then that's the question that I think is very, very interesting that how come no one's putting it back on the IT dude that thinks he knows everything? Well, look, if we go back to what they've studied in uni, whatever they did, and a lot of people in cyber did not do cyber at university because it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. They've learned from experience and found themselves in that environment. So, If we think about what IT do um, and what their core elements are, there's so many. It's not, I mean, people outside of IT make assumptions. All they do all day is play games and play with the new tech. It's like, no. So you've got to educate the people as well as educating IT. I think it comes down to if they were given some info in uni, if they were given some, I don't like calling them soft skills because they're not soft skills, they're hard skills, that communication, that Understand what your customer knows or doesn't know, an internal customer, I mean. So to to think the people in cyber need to have an understanding, and this is where collaboration and breaking silos and working with someone else in an organisation makes such a difference because that's one of the first things they'll say. They'll say, listen here, Mr. IT guy, these people have no idea what you do and you have no idea what they do. They don't think to look at emails for red flags you do because you know it. They That's also don't. their job, right? You'd Correct. hope that they knew it. <laughs> Correct. So it's about how do we then engage the people to understand the importance of tech so that it doesn't come down to why did you click, you stupid idiot, but thank you for letting us know you've clicked. We'll look into that straight away. Good job. That's a massive difference mm-hmm. and that's the goal. And that's it's not easy, but it can be achieved. Mm-hmm. So let's really dive in now because I'm really interested in getting your perspective on this is the learning and development side of things because I know you have a background in it. And I'd really love to understand your approach to integrating your frameworks that you've learned over time into a security awareness program. Yeah, that was an an interesting one. And I think I naturally did it at the time. However, it comes down to anything you want to do in an organisational element. Like if you want everyone in the company to do something, then you need to get buy-in. You need to get top-down buy-in. That's first part. And that sort of takes us into a little bit of change management as well. Uh, But when we look at learning and development and organisational development, 
you can't just invite people to a room, train them and expect them to implement it and change some behavior. It doesn't work that way. So having that understanding of how to go about using these frameworks of learning and development, organizational development, change management all together to say, how do we maneuver this into security awareness training is no different than if we look at work health safety. And because in Australia, you know, we have a lot of training on that organization wide and it's driven by a team of people, but everyone across the organization has a responsibility and they understand their role. They know why it's important. Each area of the business might have totally different work health safety areas to consider because if you don't work with chemicals, then really you have no need to understand about how to handle them. And a similar thing with cyber, uh, with security awareness training, you need to bring the language and switch it to say, for sales, here's the information you deal with, here's how cybersecurity can affect you, and here's how we go about protecting what you do in your language so you understand it. Buy-in and intent, they're all the elements that, from my, I suppose, background and experience in that learning and development, organisational development those frameworks made such an impact without really realizing it until I reflected on the security awareness training. And then let's sort of talk on the change management side of things. So that's also your background. And you just mentioned it before that you need these different types of people from change management perspective, learning and development. So as you mentioned just then that people are creatures of habit Mm. and they really hate change So how do you believe you are sort of changing the game in this space? I think, well, the good news is it's not just me. I can say that no before is as well. So they they understand the importance of creating a culture. So a culture to create of um, cybersecurity awareness is to change behaviour. And as you just pointed out, people don't like change and it takes time. So you can't just say, KB, don't click on shit. Because I need to understand exactly what that means. What are you talking about? Talk to me as to why. Get me to understand it. Show me. Let me experience that. It's going to take time. And it's not just about completing training. It's not just ticking the box. It's not just, well, I've not clicked on one simulated phishing email for a month or two months or three months. It's actually observable behavior. So change management means there's a element of engagement throughout a whole organization, people understand what their role is and why. So it's even that little bit different than the cybersecurity is everyone's responsibility. This Mm -hmm. is, I understand my role in this and I'm going to need to change my behavior. So there's a lot of repetitive, a lot of reinforcement. And as you mentioned before, never making someone, when it comes to this space of uh, cybersecurity, never making someone feel bad. Because let me tell you, and I'm sure you've seen them too, the, some of the phishing emails that have gone around in the last few years, they're getting so sophisticated, I'll even fall for them. It takes such a cluey eye these days to be able to think, hold on a minute, this doesn't look right, because they're just so good at what they do. This is billions of dollar industry. This isn't all trillions, I think they said, by the time we get to 2021, it's out of control. So you can't just scare people and say, don't click, you'll lose your data, we'll close down the business, um, someone will steal your identity. <laughs> oh and my gosh. 
this is what people do. This mm-hmm, is what, I know. <laughs> you can't. You have to say, here's what's going on. Here's the landscape. And again, it's that journey. Any good change management piece, any change manager will know it's like a project. It's going to take time. And as long as you've got your goals, you've got your milestones, all the things that you're trying to get to along the way, align everything with your values of your organisation. Most big ones have the values, mission, vision, strategic plan. Get that baby out and align your cybersecurity program to it. And it's it, there's physical stuff for cyber, um, you know, the tailgating, not so much at the moment, although we are going back to the, the workplaces. Um, but so many elements. If people, there was an article I read, I can't remember the exact stat, but I think it was around the people who did cybersecurity awareness training in a robust manner before COVID-19 hit and the remote work thing occurred, they were five times more safe from a cyber perspective working from their home. Um, Wow. Okay. Which makes sense to me because if you didn't go home with a cyber checklist, did you? No one said to you, here's your checklist. I've created one, by the way, if anyone wants it, let me know. It's a free resource. It's really cool. But we, we knew how to set up our desks from a WHS perspective. We knew how to set our screen at a certain height and get our feet flat on the floor with our chairs. And we knew that stuff. So why didn't we know that for cyber? It's another little, you know, side project I'm very passionate about. But it all mm-hmm. takes time. So if someone had spent just three months, six months, with a cybersecurity program, started at mid last year, they would have had one less thing to think about and IT would have been so much more comfortable knowing their people were now remote working with a more astute and a high level of awareness for the cybersecurity going on around them with the, with the attacks because there's been so many. Mm-hmm. No, there has, absolutely. Just going back on the phishing emails, I was in an organization, to be fair, I think like most people clicked on it in the organization that I was working at. But it was interesting because the email came through and everyone in the company would call me KB, but it came through with, hey, Carissa. And I was like, oh, I must be in trouble. Like no one ever calls me Carissa. (laughs) So I automatically was like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. Like it was for my direct boss at the time and I was freaking out. And then I clicked on it. And then I said, my reasoning for clicking on it was because you got me on, hey, Carissa, because then it's like when someone... Like, like when your mum's angry with you. Correct. Jane. <gasps> yes, what? what? Exactly. And so to <laughs> me, that's what made, that was that pivotal moment yeah. in me thinking, oh, I'm in trouble. No yeah. one ever calls me Carissa. And that was the, that was the, the leverage that, now to be fair, I think the guy creating it, I don't believe that he sort of engineered it to that level no. what he said to me <laughs> but that was the lever for me for going oh, oh I'm in trouble I better do whatever I have to do I, th- I can't even remember this was going back a long time ago but yep. it was just interesting that when you were speaking about it before and I wanted to share that to say that everyone's been fished before yeah and people who are so highly technical the most have been compromised in these simulations as well so it's not yep. just someone who's got no clue it could be there's a spectrum here and there's a there's a range of different people that fall for it all the time. Exactly. And, you know, the interesting thing is a lot of it is because when you look into what makes phishing successful or what makes social engineering successful, it's the call to action that bypasses that critical thinking that we have. So you'll get that and you'll think, oh, my God, someone's mad at me. I better do something. Now, if it came through with KB, 
your emotions would have been very different. You wouldn't have jumped to that conclusion to take action so quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you think about all the the scams going on out there, people that have unfortunately lost their jobs. And, you know, this is a really odd situation that we're um, facing at this time. And if I got a text that said, click here, you know, we've approved your $10,000, whatever that is, I think, oh, thank goodness. What's all this about? Click. Mm. And it's not because I'm being greedy. It's not, it's a human emotion. And that's what cyber criminals do. They're human. They know a lot about the human condition why we do what we do, most of those attacks because we're greedy, we're curious, we're scared, you know, you've got a warrant out for your arrest. Um, all these things occur that make us do the, uh-oh, and click. I'm in trouble. <laughs> in trouble. Or, oh, this is good. Whatever your situation is in life. And if you send the same email to 100 people, the people who clicked, if you actually said, okay, why did you click? You'd find maybe they loved animals and it was a RSPCA, save this poor dog now and you're a dog person and you thought, oh, yes, I'll give my money to this dog. Other people <laughs> who don't like dogs would ignore it. Correct. That's how, that's how ridiculously simple it is. So if you can explain it to people in that way, it's not the hacker in the hoodie in the basement of mum and dad's house eating pizza. This is big business. This is cyber criminals. This is, you know, organized crime. This is state actors. This is huge. And they know what they're doing. And so little old humans, that's why, that's why we fall for it. That's why you fell for it. Cause you thought you were in trouble. And, and I wasn't. They know? No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I did freak out for a second and it's like, you've oh. been owned. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> yep. Yep. Look, oh, we have so many simulation emails um, at No Before, as you could imagine. And we had a, a couple of policies come out and I hadn't read them yet. I thought I must do that. And they were clever because then they sent out a simulation saying, you've not read these policies. Um, you know, we're going to escalate this to your manager. Here's the link. And it, I clicked. And they said it was a phishing email. It was a simulation because now they would be able to know, just like a hacker, just like a cyber criminal, should I say, these 25 people haven't read the policy yet. Let's send them out this template. (laughs) Let's entrap them um, because I'll respond to that. If I'd done the policies, I'd be like, what are you sending me that for? I've done the policies. That's how clever it is because it's human. Now, when I clicked, I was so angry. Because I knew, I thought, oh, that was no, 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 no. Because, of course, you get rolled or something that pops up in front of you that makes <laughs> you realise you've totally done the wrong thing. But thank goodness it was a simulation and not a real phishing email. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's why they're so important. Um, it was emotion that gets you. And I know better. I know better. If I'm not expecting it, I will <laughs> go through that email with a fine tooth comb before I engage at all. If mm-hmm. in doubt, I'll report it. It'll come back mm-hmm. to me if it's safe. But uh, yeah, I was so mad. That's what we do. We respond. We're human. So on that note, what would be your advice to people listening as to how they should be adopting these new ways of thinking that you and I have just spoken about today? Mm. Um. I think people need to understand that it affects everything and what we do. So I've said a few times, you know, if cybersecurity is everyone's responsibility, then I'll add to it that everyone needs to be accountable for that. This is not someone else will do it or when we're driving in our cars, even passengers on the in a, in a car with someone, we're aware, we're paying attention and we'll say, hey, hold on, you know, stop the car or 
something's going on, you're not just going to sit there and let something happen. So it's about stepping up and saying, okay, I've got a mobile phone or two, I've got an iPad or three tablets and a laptop and a desktop and a, my mum's got a phone, my children do, whatever it might be, internet of things, my fridge can, you know, attach, uh, attach to the internet and Google Home, Alexa, it's everywhere. So the, the best advice I could give is think about the environment we're living in. How do we really switch this to get people to understand why it's important and how we can be accountable for it and the difference we can make? Most of us want to help, and this is helping the greater good. And in your workplace, create that culture of cybersecurity and not compliance. Um, it's not a tick box and it's not a you shouldn't have done that. It's a change of behaviour and if IT can reach out to whether it normally it's it's HR, learning and development, change management, a team within like a project, come together and actually plan out what you want to do. IT have a critical role to play, as does the engagement or the people element. And if they work together, they're a force to be reckoned with. I've done it. I've seen what happens and it is extraordinary. So that would be my advice, I would think. And just lastly, what do you believe sort of on the horizon when it comes to the security awareness space? Well, one thing I know is there's no fix, there's no solution, there's no um, way to stop it. It's ongoing. Um, cyber criminals are just going to find another way to get at whatever we're doing as long as we're clicking and engaging and human. So until we're all robots, this is never going to go away. And we need to make better decisions when it comes to security awareness. And I think that's the main, that's the goal. If someone out there thinks, okay, so all we've got to do is create a program, get no before or another platform that does these things, because not just about know before, they just happen to be really good at what they do, but there are other options there too. This is about helping people, educating people, getting them to understand, to make better decisions when it comes to things like security. Look at the work health safety element. I think that may tip eventually. I mean, it's a big plan in my brain, but I think if you've got a WHS officer, I think you should have a CHS officer so that I can go to KB and say, hey, I've got this email. I'm not too sure. Could you just look at it for me before I annoy IT? Because they're awesome people. They're busy. So I thought I'd come to you first. Just like first aid officer, I've got a band. I need a Band-Aid. You don't go to the CEO for that. You go to your first aid officer. So change a few things around when it comes to security awareness training. And because it affects all areas of life, it's also at home. So this is... Bring it all into play. Don't just talk about the office. Don't just talk about customer data or company data. Talk about the effects of all areas. And I think as we move forward, that horizon should be a little bit more empowering to create those human firewalls. People say, I've heard it so many times, you know, your people are your biggest risk. No, they're your biggest asset. Flip the language. Look at them for what they can do for you. And if you help them, educate them, empower them, you're probably going to get better trust and a better culture anyway. You just hopefully won't fall for these um, awful cyber attacks. Well, JJ, I have absolutely loved speaking with you today and getting really inside the mind of how you think, because I do believe people can take a lot of weight from this conversation. But before we wrap up, if people are interested in chatting to you or perhaps they'd like to ask you a question that I haven't asked you, how can I get in yep. contact with you? 
Oh, I was going to say send a raven, but unless you watched Game of Thrones, that would make absolutely no sense. So LinkedIn's a good place to start, Jacqueline Jane. I'm sure you'll have links, etc., um, that people can have a look at. And also through the Know Before website, you'll find me there as well. So that's K-N-O-W-B-E number four dot com. You'll find me there and email as well. So Jacqueline J at knowbefore.com. Well, that's it, Jacqueline J. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, KB. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we hope you got some new ideas or ways of thinking from this episode. And remember, you can always reach out to our guests if you do have more questions. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we always love to hear your feedback. So leave a review on iTunes and we might just give you a shout out on a future episode. You can find me on LinkedIn as well as on at I am Carissa Breen on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to know more about how we help tech companies, check out carissabreenindustries.com. Until next time, stay safer.